0: What's up? I know someone told you to do that, but I still kind of like it. Still feels nice. Thank you. That was so nice. Hey, uh, I don't know what location you're at, but Littleton is on fire today. Let's say hi to everybody else. What's up? Lakewood, Evergreen, Arvada, Brussels, Belgium. We love you guys over there in Waterloo. Can you make some noise? For our friends in Brussels, and men and women at both God Behind Bars campuses, we love you. You're part of this family. You are one of us. We believe in you, and we're so glad that you're joining us today. So welcome to all of you men and women at both of those locations. How many uh, first-time visitors we got at every location? Raise your hand if you're a first-time visitor. Hey, what's up? We're so glad you're here. Welcome. Welcome. I hope you've already felt welcomed. I hope you've already felt appreciated um, from the bottom of our hearts. If this is your first time, we would like to just say welcome home. We're so glad you're with us. So welcome to Red Rocks Church. We're in this teaching series called Freestyle, and today is, is going to definitely be that. Uh, a lot of what we'll talk about today is unscripted, and as you can already see, it's going to be a little different vibe than it is normally, So, but I think you're going to enjoy it. And if you're a first-time visitor, um, I think you picked a great weekend to visit because you're going to get to sort of peek behind the curtain. You're going to get to see what's important to us, what we value, some things that we've got on the horizon. So it's a great weekend to be here. And again, we're glad you're here. Um, I was playing basketball with two of my three sons this week, and uh, we were playing 21. You guys know what 21 is? Yeah, so if you don't, 21 is you don't have enough people to actually play a game, so every person is your own team, and you play 21, all right? So it's 19 to 19 to 19. Like, it's nail-biter time. Next bucket wins. My middle son, Austin, goes up, goes around me, makes a layup, wins the game. Okay. Ashton, my 9-year-old, takes the ball from the rebound, takes it, and he goes, boom, and throws it on the ground, and like his eyes start watering immediately, and I'm like, he's going to cry right now. And, and, and he's throwing a total fit, and you're like, surely you disciplined him. And I'm like, no, I fostered that. I want that passion on the court. <laughs> so, but I did at one point go, son, you are being a little ridiculous, and our, our road goes like this, and if you throw that ball one more time and it goes three blocks down the street, I'm not chasing it. And so he, he turns around, though, and he looks at me, and he goes, why don't you play defense? I'm like, I did play defense. He goes, did you? Did you? And he grabs the ball and he runs into the garage and he throws the ball and he slams the door. And and I'm just like, I'm thinking like, it is amazing how much a child can be like their mother sometimes. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I love you, babe. You know I kid. You're so hot. You're so hot. and, and no, but, but so my son is like, like he's yelling at me about not playing defense for a while in the house. And, and here he is, the youngest child running around the house, you know, making demands on his father, throwing a fit, has no idea how good he's got it, right? And, and, and interestingly enough, the, there's a story in Luke 15 that really defines who we are as a church. And we're not gonna spend a lot of time on it Uh, maybe two minutes, but I just, I want you to be reminded, and those of you who are new, I want you to know what you're getting into. This story in Luke 15 is about the youngest son running around the house, throwing a fit, making demands of his father, and having no idea how good he's got it, isn't it? Some of you know the story I'm talking about. We call it the prodigal son, and it really defines who we are as a church. Uh, let's, let's, Let's read. Well, hold on. Before we read, let me set it up. So this part of it. So the son goes to the dad, says, I want my inheritance. That's a third of the dad's property. The dad should have banished him from the family, kicked him out of the city, never let him return. But the dad says, fine, take your stuff. The kid takes a third of his father's estate, goes to another city, and blows the whole thing partying. Loses it all. Ends up homeless, penniless, foodless, hopeless, right? He's eating pig food to stay alive. And all of a sudden he realizes, wait a sec, I don't have to live this way. I could go back to my father. I'm distanced from the father and it's not right. And everything's falling apart because of it. This is a story of us and God, right? And he says, I want to go back to the father. But what he thinks is the same thing we think when we feel like I need to go back to the father is, well, he's not going to love me and welcome me and accept me the way I am, So this kid says, well, I'll be a servant. I'll be a slave. I'll go say, I'm sorry. I I won't live in the house. I'll live somewhere outside of the house, but maybe he'll feed me, right? And so he's going back. I'll be a servant. I'll be a slave. And here's what happens. Here's how the father responds. And remember, this is us and God. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. That's how God approaches us. He runs to us, ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. That's our story with our heavenly father, isn't it? We've all, at one point, we were distanced from the Father. We're all broken. We're just broken differently. And here he comes and he accepts us and welcomes us and forgives us and redeems us and restores us and changes us in the here and now and gives us heaven forever. And, and this story really sort of defines who we are at the core as a church family and what's important to us. In fact, if you, if you know this, finish this statement, Red Rocks Church, we exist to make heaven more crowded. Crowded. And and the truth is, is that's not even probably a really great theological statement, because I don't know that heaven has like a crowding issue or anything. And truth be told, I'm real claustrophobic. And so even when I think about our mission statement, I'm like, I'm not sure I want to go. And I'm sure that's (laughs) not God's intention. But what I love about it is it's us and we know it and, and, and you could say it and we know what we mean by it. And that's what I love about it. So we say it all the time, we exist to make heaven more crowded, and we're going to do that by being a place that welcomes home prodigals. That's right, because we all know that that's what we were. And, and Chad says it like this, we're going to be a front porch for prodigals. And so because that's our mission, because that's who we are, we're going to keep, keep getting together together. We're going to keep taking offerings we're going to keep serving we're going to keep sacrificing we're going to keep trying to acquire property we're going to keep trying to expand not building our kingdom but to build his kingdom that's what we're going to be about and in fact at the end of last year and a bunch of you know this in fact a bunch of you participated we took an end of year offering and and i told you at the end of last year i said we don't we're not in debt like to that we can't pay our bills like we're not in trouble like We're fine. We're not trying to buy anything. We're just going to take an end of year offering. And honestly, it was just our way of saying, I know everything I have God gave me. And so I just want to take part of it and bring it back and say, I'm just, I'm not going to use everything I have to build my kingdom. Let's build your kingdom. And we took an offering and some of you, a bunch of you were so generous and so sacrificial and together we came up with a pretty good amount. Uh, I think it was like somewhere around $2.8 million. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And so, but we didn't have anything that we had to go do with it. Well, isn't it just like God? All of a sudden, just a few months ago, God opened up some doors that we never saw coming. And because of your generosity, we were able to purchase a building. And this time next year, there'll be another Red Rocks Church in the Denver metro area. And thousands and thousands more people will hear about the good news of Jesus Christ because of it. So, tell your neighbor right now where you think it's located. Tell your neighbor where you think it's located. All right. If you said up north, raise your hands. You are wrong. (laughs) If you said west side, raise your hands. Well, good. None of you said west side. Because you'd have been wrong too. All right. What about out east where everything's being built up right now and there's all this new construction and the whole world's moving that way? Any of you think out east? You're wrong. (laughs) Guys, give me a a thigh drum roll. As of next year, there will be a brand new Red Rocks Church Park Meadows Campus. Right there, you see it on the map. It's right there at C470 and I-25. You can see it from the highway. It will facilitate over 5,000 people a week getting to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can somebody make some noise? That's on the horizons. Got to build more porches to welcome home more prodigals, don't we? My favorite verse in that story that I just read you is verse 24, and it says this, For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. That's what happens when we are reunited with the Father. He was lost and is found, and so they began to do what? Celebrate. They started to party with a purpose, and and, and in three months... We're going to throw the biggest party that we have ever thrown as a church family. Put this on your calendar. Save the date, September 21, 22, and 23. Cancel your trips. Kick your incoming parents out of the house. Whatever you need to do, I wouldn't say that. Whatever you need to do. Save the date, September 21, 22, 23. It's going to be called the Red Weekend. Go ahead and put that up. And guys, listen to this. We just rented out a 7,500-seat auditorium, Magnus Arena Arena at Denver University, and we're going to party all weekend long. Friday night, we've got, and I'll, I'll keep this a secret for now, but it's already booked, and I'll tell you about it soon. We've got one of, I think, the best speakers on the Bible Church leaders and speakers about building the church to this generation, I think, anywhere in our country. And he's going to speak into our lives on Friday night. Saturday night is going to get crazy because Saturday night we're going to record our next Red Rocks Church live worship album. And listen, last time we did it at the Paramount, it sat about 2,000 people. That concert sold out in less than 60 seconds. True story. So we decided, well, let's get a couple more seats. This is what it's going to look like this year. Don't miss it. I'm telling you, get on your app before you leave this service, before you get in your car, before you whatever. Get your app out and register. RSVP, I'm telling you, you won't want to miss this, but we do need to know you're coming so we can make the right right plans, okay? So please, you will help us out in an amazing way if, if you go, hey, The Red Weekend, we're coming. We're going to be there. Just get on your app, RSVP for that. It'll help us tremendously. And then on Sunday, we're keeping the venue, and we're going to do two church services, and it'll be the first time in years that our Denver-based locations will do church under one roof together. We're going to party. The Red Weekend, RSVP today before you leave. My hope is, as we continue this discussion, that that we're about to share some more information. And my hope is is that some information today will lead to some inspiration. Not only will it just be fun to hear and exciting to hear about what's happening next, but that God will use some of what you're about to hear to actually inspire you to start taking some risks, inspire you to start taking some steps of faith, inspire you to start reaching some lost people in your world, because that's why we're here, right? That's why we get together on the weekends, because we exist to make heaven more... And it's not claustrophobic. That's right. Hey, so we told you this was coming a while ago. I promised you more information. Today's the day of more information. And so um, this time next year, we will also have a Red Rocks Church, Austin, Texas campus. Yep. Any of you guys watch Friday Night Lights? I, I... I wouldn't, you know. Chad would. I probably wouldn't. I'd like to just spend more time in the Scripture. But um, <laughs> today's talk is called for those of you Friday Night Light fans: "Texas Forever." All right. Would you put your hands together for the staff of the Red Rocks Church, Austin, Texas location? <laughs> That's a lot of man hugs right there.
1: So, guys, going to start a church? I guess. <laughs> Unless this has been the biggest prank that you guys have pulled, and you're about to tell us it was all a joke.
0: They told me, whatever you do, don't just go, hey, introduce yourselves.
1: And so I was like, oh, I surely I would never do that. So, guys, would you please introduce yourselves? Cool. Thanks, man. Well, my name is Doug Weckenman. I know a lot of you guys from young adults. And... Uh, okay yeah it's gonna be a self-esteem that was a booster. pretty weak Woo-woo. <laughs> that's, that's
2: better come on clearly has had an impact on so many people <laughs> uh my name's ethan and i'm basically doug's friend yeah and and hey guys
0: guys i know that a lot of you don't know ethan yet but i'm, I'm i promise you this he's one of the most mature 13 year olds i've ever met <laughs> And we love him, we love him like family. He's really a
1: 13-year-old stuck in a 16-year-old's body, (laughs) so that's...
2: Says the guy who just turned 30 and already has a full gray head of hair, so... (laughs)
1: Hey, there's nothing wrong with
0: gray hair, Ethan. Oh, I'm sorry, Sean. (laughs) Wisdom. It's wisdom. Mm.
3: And my name is Ryan, and I have to deal with these two for the next, like, 30 years, so that's going to be a lot of fun. If you can't tell, I'm Doug's brother... His uh, slightly less gray-haired brother, and I'm um, <laughs> excited to be a part of the team. So, uh, yeah, you guys can put your hands together for these guys.
0: It's been a, it's been a, a very fun journey uh, preparing for, for even today and what's about to happen right around the corner. Um, did, let me ask you this. Did you guys ever picture
2: starting a church? Uh, no. There's a, there's a passage that says that Peter and John, the disciples, were unschooled, ordinary men. And I heard a pastor talk about how that translated really means they were saying that they were idiots. And that's kind of our life verse as a group. We resonate with those guys really well. Uh, if you told us 10 years ago when this whole God thing started in our lives that we'd be pastors and church planners someday, we would have thought it was a joke. We would have laughed. And I think our friends around us would have laughed too. Um, We drove to our first Bible study. We'd been invited to as college students. And the three of us made a pact that no matter what the Christian guys in this group said, we would never stop partying. And we shook hands. We literally shook hands. Made a pact in the car. In Doug's car on the way there. And here we are planning a church. So God is real. I'm just picturing,
0: like, God and the Apostle Paul watching you. Like, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Paul's like, are you sure? Yeah, I got plans for him, trust me. (laughs) Um, uh, I actually, most of this is unscripted, but I actually knew that he was going to tell that story, and I did want to share this verse, because as I said, um, my hope is that some information today would lead to some inspiration, and um, Acts 4.13, the verse that Ethan's talking about, says this, when they saw the courage... Of Peter and John, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And the truth is, is that's not just your guys' story. That's like that's our whole church's story. Um, Ordinary people uh, who don't necessarily feel qualified to do much, just saying, you know what? I'll just spend time with Jesus, and and when He puts something on my heart, I'll. I'll go, I'll stay, I'll take a risk, I'll stand up, I'll do whatever you ask. And um, I, I guess I just wanted to encourage, maybe some of you are listening or watching today and, and you're feeling like I, I wanna do something that matters but I don't feel overly qualified, well then join the club, right? Welcome to the party because none of us are. Um, and I mean, I, I, you know I, I look at Ethan and I'm reminded of that all the time. So, <laughs> praise God, you know? i just heard someone go ah i love him hey so okay so we're gonna do a little who what when where why and how so so we got the who um
1: what 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 exactly is the plan Doug? It's a church plant sean in austin texas texas forever um a little backstory behind how this happened we've had a dream of planting a church together since about 2011. We've had a dream of, of other cities. None of us had even ever been to Texas until about a year and a half ago. Um, but we wanted to kind of do our own thing, and that's always been the dream. And uh, it wasn't until it was two summers ago. It was August of 2016. The three of us were driving down from the mountains in Ethan's Jeep, and we were talking about this church plant dream. And we were like, when, when is it going to be time for us to go do this? And it, it clicked for the very first time. We're like... We're going to go plant a church, and we're just going to copy Red Rocks, like, 99%, you know, if not 100%. And, and we realized then and there, we were like, this thing doesn't need to necessarily be, like, our thing that, like, we start. We love this church. This church is our family. The leaders here are family to us. We trust them, and we just want to share what God is doing through Red Rocks Church with people in a different city. And so we got an idea, and we thought, what if we, what if we called Sean— and pitched the idea to him to somehow let us go to some city in this country and plant a Red Rocks church. And uh, we got really fired up about it. That's when we made our second pact in the car and we shook hands and said, a better pact. And we said, if he says yes, it's a big if, but if he says yes, then we're gonna go plant a Red Rocks church somewhere. We didn't know where at the time, but um, hey, commit. If if one person claps,
0: (laughs) all there young go. adults out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, so so can I tell them the, what's crazy about that story? Absolutely. So what's crazy about that story is, so this was two summers ago, me, Chad, and Jill and Rachel had just went to um, New York, and we went to a church conference, uh, a church called Hillsong, which a bunch of you will know. And so we went to this conference in Brooklyn, and we're just totally inspired. But then on Sunday, we went to Hillsong New York City Church, the one, the campus in Manhattan, and we've become friends with with some of the leaders there, and we just have so much respect for them, and look up to them, and learn from them, and love them, and so anyways, we're going to church, and all of a sudden, like, we're seeing something that we just hadn't seen before, and it just kind of hit me, like, like, if you go there, people stand outside in a line, like, for blocks, for hours. Thousands of people stand outside in a line to get into church in Manhattan. I mean, it's crazy. And and I'm watching this and I'm going, okay, the leaders, they're like amazing. But had they just went to New York on their own this last weekend, they don't have probably thousands of people lining up to get in their church. They're all still trying to just sort of get this thing off the ground and and But then, I thought about the the leadership of hillsong church that 's actually in Australia, and I thought, well, if they would have just come to New York and started a church, i also don 't think thousands of people are lining up for blocks it was It was the the combination it was these these young amazing called by God leaders partnering with an organization that was willing to say we 'll back you and we 'll believe in you, and we don 't need the credit and you just don 't see that very often and, and God just like really put this on my heart, Chad's heart, we got together, went to this old pizza place where we took you and Sam the next year. And, and uh, we we're like, what if, what if we did something different? And what if we, what if we took some, some young leaders that we know are called by God? And what if we sent them somewhere? And what if we got behind them in a way um, that God's positioned us to be able to do and set them up for success to reach more people faster in a way that we never get credit for? What if we did something like that? And, and I felt like, because just so you know, like me and Chad never set out to be the faces or the voices of Red Rocks Church. It was just never was the plan. In fact, when we started, we used to all just sort of preach and all do stuff. And it just sort of has shaked, shaken out the way it has. But that was never our goal. And so we're like, well, we don't need to, we don't need to be the people who preach at, at this next location. Like, and we knew instantly who to text. Doug. We just knew it. And I'm like, so, so, I, so I text Doug, and I knew that meant, because I already knew their plan, right? So I knew it would be Doug and his brother Ryan and his son Ethan. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I knew what that meant, right? And so, so, so anyways, I have no idea they're in a Jeep talking about this. I'm thinking they're never going to do this, right? So I, text, I texted
1: Doug. Yeah, yeah you he remember? texted me and said, hey, pretend for a second that I'm not your boss, which wasn't hard to do. You said, uh, you said, actually, you said, call me. And I was planning on calling you in five minutes. <laughs> and so I, I, I did as soon as we got home. And what I was going to pitch to you, you spent 30 minutes pitching to me. Yep. Which was, I'll yep. never forget that afternoon. It was the craziest thing. So cool. Yep. And uh, so I said, well, I'll think about it, Sean. I'll think about <laughs> it. <I was> like, <laughs> We knew, we knew that afternoon, this is what we want to do, yeah, yeah to stand on the shoulders of, of guys that we love and respect and want to be like, you know, and uh, it was a no-brainer. It was, so let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's get crazy, church, come on.
0: I, I told you that my hope was some of this information turns into inspiration for you. Uh, Proverbs 16:9. in their hearts, humans planned their course, but the Lord... Establishes their steps, and I just want to say, like, we we we're just in one of what's happened a whole bunch of times in life, and it just sort of happens like this with God, where we sort of feel like I know what I want to do, and I know this dream He's put in my heart, and I don't know how it's ever going to happen, and it's and it's not working out, and the timing's not. And what this reminded me of, what what Proverbs sixteen nine should remind all of us of today, is God doesn't waste dreams. And when he puts something in your heart and he says, I got something for you, what we all need to be reminded of from time to time is the creator of the universe is working behind the scenes in ways that we could never even fathom. And then all of a sudden, in his perfect timing, something clicks, doesn't it? And so I just want to encourage somebody in here or whatever location you're at, maybe you've got something going on, something you're dreaming of, and you feel like quitting and you feel like giving up, and and maybe you hear this today and go, you know what? I'm not quitting and I'm not giving up because God's timing is perfect. I'll let him work out the details Um, and that's real. Would somebody make some noise for that? Because that's real. Hey, so, okay,
1: whatever with that clap, I had to ask for it. Um, Where? I know Austin, but where? Where? Well, originally we wanted, we thought we were going to go to San Diego. We're beach guys, and there's no beach in Austin. Some cool lakes, but um, we thought, like, we had we had a few details for this church dream that we had, and uh, like two years ago, yeah, uh, we brought those details to God, and he he was like, "Oh, that's cute. Let's, but let's try this maybe." And and uh, so we went on. Long story short, we went on two scouting trips. Uh, One was to the first was to San Diego, which we thought it would always be in San Diego, and then the second, after a lot of prayer, was to Austin. So we go to San Diego for the first one, and it was kind of like a bummer, a letdown because. Um, such an amazing city, but we felt like a red light from the big man upstairs the whole time we were there and it was so confusing because this was like the one detail that we had, and it was being taken away from us and and this is like the like the biggest decision that any of us had ever have ever made in our lives like this will be the location for all of your futures, like good luck choosing it you know and and, and all of a sudden, God's throw, calling an audible, and I, like we get back from that, and I feel like I'm just in a season where I'm like taking crazy pills, you know? Like I'm going, I'm losing my mind. God, I'm not hearing you. Like I don't even know. I, I have nobody no idea in here knows
0: what that has ever felt like.
1: Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, Doug's was, like, "Shut
0: up! Stop interrupting me! I'm trying to tell a
1: story. <laughs> I'm trying to preach here, Sean." <laughs> um, it was. One night it was a Thursday after young adults at the Lakewood campus, and it was uh, we, I had stayed late to talk to somebody, and then I set the alarm and locked the door in the back and I was just mad at like the world at God, at everything at this point, just feeling like I'm going crazy. I get in my car, pull onto to Harlan, and then feel like like not the audible voice of God I've, I've never heard that I don't really want to hear that. That sounds horrifying to me, but like felt something just tell me like turn around and go back because the, the front doors are open. I know this, is, this sounds so crazy. Please don't make me out to be as spiritual as you might be right now. I'm not, I promise you. But I felt something, and so just I, I turned around. I was like, to sleep tonight, I just have to go see if these doors are unlocked. And I pull up to the front of the Lakewood campus, and all four doors are wide open. And uh, it was so so crazy, and and, and so I got the alarm back on, shut the doors, locked them, went home, and I'm not a crier, but I cried the entire drive home, and this whole story has nothing to do with doors. Nobody was going to break into the Lakewood campus and steal anything that night, Um, but it was God just kind of saying, like, hey, buddy, like, you just heard from me on a very, very specific thing, like you know what my voice sounds like. And this is a small thing, but I sound the same, small things and big things. Biggest decisions you'll ever make, I sound the same. Like, it, it's like swimming. If you can swim in the shallow end, you can swim in the deep end. It's the, like, it feels like the stakes are higher, but it's the, it's the exact same thing. And God says, like, my, my sheep know the sound of my voice. You have a God instinct. All of you, like, you have a God instinct. Trust your God instinct, even if it's for something huge like this. And we kind of realized in this whole month that, like, man, I think it's going to be Austin, um, and sure enough, we went two weeks later, and it was Austin. We showed up, and first time any of us had ever been there, and we were like, "These are our people, man!" Like, there's something about this city that, because we're doing a Red Rocks Church, because of the DNA and culture of this church, I just believe it's going to it's going to thrive in Austin, where in, in maybe some other cities it would survive, but it'll thrive in Austin, and so that's why we're going. Come on. To
0: one thing that's really neat with the Austin story and I don't I don't think I've ever shared this detail with the church but uh 13 years ago when Jill and I had finally decided hey we're going to start a church somewhere we had no idea where to go and and so I just started doing research online just demographic study and we were just sort of looking for up-and-coming cities growing cities um Cities where there was a lot of people uh, that were sort of doing okay in life. And because they were doing okay in life, thought they didn't need God because of it. And, and we were looking for cities that were unchurched. And we came up with four cities. And it was Denver, Portland, Seattle, and Austin. And uh, I never told these guys that. And then so they came to me and said, hey, I think we have chosen a city. We're going to Austin. And I was like, man, does God always have a plan that we just don't understand? You know what I'm saying? It's cool. So uh, when when is this happening, gentlemen?
3: Yeah, we're going. Uh, next week, which is terrifying. Um, over the course of the next couple of weeks, we are moving out to Austin. Um, and the goal is January 2019. We uh, launch our services and we're going, which means we have six months to just be out there and start some life groups and have a ton of barbecues and parties and, and things like that. So if you live in Austin, get ready because we're coming out there in July and we're going to go have some fun and um, all of that information um, we'll, we'll make available to you. But this is happening.
2: Yeah, and to that... Some of you guys may want to move to Austin and be a part of this. You're welcome to come. Um, the best way to keep up is Instagram because we're millennials. So follow us at Red Rocks Austin, and uh, we'll be posting about events and cool stories. And if you're here cheering for us, praying for us, we'll have a lot of ways for you to keep up with us too. So please follow us. Down to the,
0: the why. I think we all sort of we know, we know what our mission is. This is one more front porch for prodigals in a different place in the
2: world. For you guys as individuals, why? I love in the prodigal son story, the father runs to his son. His son is a far way off and he sees him and he runs to him. He has that home. He has that front porch and he's willing to get off of it and go get somebody that needs to be brought back. And um, I think that we resonate with that so much because it's our story of two guys who came for us and invited us to a Bible study that we made a pact before. And we got there and uh, realized that the list of rules and the things we expected isn't what they had for us. And they didn't ask us to uh, change anything or tell us why we were bad people that needed to make up for something. They wanted us to know Jesus. And that's the love of a father who ran off of his front porch and sent his son here. And I see in those disciples in that Acts chapter 4 story, there's They're brought before these people that are saying stop doing what you're doing, stop preaching the gospel and knowing that they may well get killed for it. And they tell them do whatever you're gonna do but we can't stop speaking about what we've seen and heard. And we feel the same way that somebody came for us and it's changed our lives, it saved us and we're forever grateful for it and it has inspired us, it's contagious to go. The Great Commission is contagious and it's what draws us in and the Great Commission should be what draws us back out to run off our front porch. Come
3: on, Ethan. Preach. Yeah, so then we, we get to Austin for that weekend where we're, where we're hanging out, and we're all ready, kind of excited because we feel like this might be like our, our spot. We go out to dinner our last night in Austin, and our waiter is this 23-year-old named Raphael, and I think it was his first night working, so he's all nervous, and, and so we're, we're cracking jokes with him, ordering a ton of food, having fun, and then we start asking him some questions. I start asking him the, the God questions and about churches in Austin, and he stops, and he goes, oh, well, I'm, I'm not religious, which is just teeing it up for us, right? Like, that's, a, that's exactly <laughs> what you want to hear, and he, he comes back with a check, and I go, hey, Raphael, you said, you said you're not religious, which is actually great, because we aren't either we just love Jesus and the love and the grace that that he preaches and the invitation to abundant life that that he came to to, to bring and I know this sounds crazy but we're thinking about moving out here to plant a church and he stopped me and he goes if you guys can pull that off I'll be there opening weekend and uh called us out he called us out yeah we uh, we're driving back to our, our Airbnb, looking at each other like, I, I, I think we need to go. Have I, th- to I think we have to go. Like <laughs> Even if just for Raphael, then let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. <laughs> do this thing. Yeah. But it does, it feels like there are thousands of Raphaels in Austin. And um, it just feels like, like some baptism weekend coming up in the very near future here at Red Rocks. This auditorium will be packed full of so many of you sharing your video testimonies about how much God has done in your life. And at the exact same time, some auditorium in Austin will be filled up with the exact same thing happening. And that's going to be a cool moment. That's going to be a reason to celebrate. Yes, it
1: is. You scared? Can I say yes? <laughs> Terrified uh scared of leaving family and friends and great job and a city we love and scared of failing (laughs) i'll just throw that out there so um but and so horrified but at the very same time feel so alive right now um and that's not always been the case like like pastors have this too like all of us like we go through dry seasons in our faith times when we're bored um, in our christianity um... knowing like there's more out there that i'm not experiencing i know that there is um, i was in I, i've been in that season a lot in my life but i have a a very specific moment last summer where i was having breakfast with a good buddy of mine who was walking through the same kind of dry patch that i was and. And uh, we were like, how are we going to solve this? And I, I kid you not, we spend an hour talking about what is the, the new Christian book that we need to go buy at Barnes and Noble that's going to fix this problem for us, that we can read it, and we'll be on fire with the Holy Spirit right after we read it. And um, like, it was once again, not the audible voice of God, but just kind of felt like in that moment, God, God said this question right here. He said, have you tried the Great Commission recently? Have you tried the Great Commission recently? That's in Matthew 28, where we're just called to go share Jesus with people. And, and Jesus said, as you do that, I'll be with you, you know? And so, like, we, we read books a lot. And, and there's, a, there's a, a place for books and sermons, absolutely. But I'll come to church a lot and, like, worship. Like, I think that was the spirit. I think I just <laughs> felt him, you know? And, and uh, of course, you do, absolutely. But all I'm saying is, man, you, you wait until, like, you're with your coworker at coffee and your hands are clammy because you're about to tell that person about Jesus for the very first time. And you will be amazed at how much you feel the Holy Spirit. You'll feel so alive in that moment. And so that's what we feel right now. I'm horrified, but I've never felt this alive at the very same time. And I'll take that combination any day.
0: Come on. Uh-uh. Uh, let, let me just say this, too, as we come to a close. You don't, you don't have to move to Austin to do that. You know that? It's a great thing. And, and God's called these guys and their families to do that. Um, but the reason our mission is what it is is because we believe that that's what we do in our worlds where we're at right now. You don't have to move to Austin to take a risk and to reach out to somebody and to love somebody and to show somebody how much Jesus loves them. So for some of you, you just need to go to work. For some of you, you just need to like go to a family dinner, go to your school. Go to a sporting right? Go to your kids' sports. Go to your own sports. Whatever it is, like, it's who we're called to be. And, and I hope that it never turns into, like, just a catchy phrase around here, right? Because if all we are is a bunch of people that clap for Make Heaven More Crowded and it goes on a poster somewhere, we're missing it. It's what we're called to do. It's how we're called to live. And... I can't even do a discussion panel without crying. And I believe that if we'll get real serious about it, some of us, you already have been, some of us just need to re-up on it. Like the sky's the limit as to what this church family can be used to do in our world today. You know that? So right now we're gonna bring out Doug's wife, Sam, and Ethan's wife, Stephanie. And you're gonna notice that There's an empty slot, (laughs) and that's because one of these gentlemen is still single. So single, like so single. And look, I know some of you single godly women. You're here to worship, and you're here for God, but you're also here scoping and hoping. (laughs) And I'm just saying. Look at this guy. Pastor. I'm just saying. Handsome. You know, catch this man in the lobby. All right, girls, (laughs) come on out. you guys uh, pray with us? God, I thank you so much for what you're doing. I thank you so much for this journey that we as a church family are just uh, beginning. This leg is just starting. And God, I pray for all kinds of favor. I pray for these men and women right here, that you would give them unbelievable peace in Jesus' name, peace that passes understanding as they uproot their entire lives and move to a city that that is uh, just so unknown to them. I pray, God, that you would give them peace that doesn't even make sense. I pray that you would give them grace and strength and courage and boldness and favor with the people of Austin. And God, I thank you ahead of time for the salvations that are gonna happen. I thank you ahead of time for the baptisms that are gonna happen. I thank you ahead of time for the bonds that are going to be broken for the, for the addictions that are going to be broken for the marriages that are going to be mended for everything that you're going to do through these guys and through this church family we just say thank you and we love you and we honor you in Jesus name and everybody said amen, amen. hey church listen as we wrap up this part of the service um, we're going to show you a video and last month um, about 900 people in this church family went public with their faith one weekend and were baptized. And I want to share with you some of their stories. And as you hear their stories, let this just be a reminder. This is why we do what we do. We're not playing games. This is why we serve. This is why we give sacrificially. This is why we take risks. This is why we go to different cities and get new porches to reach more prodigals. This is why we do what we do, church.
3: I didn't want to live. Because I just honestly didn't think I'd ever be loved. I would never be normal again.
1: Controlling things on my own really wasn't working.
3: I was
2: trying to fill a void that was not fillable. I think there's
0: a different kind of loneliness when someone dies. And you don't really move on from it.
3: Gotten real deep down into uh, alcoholism. and. Um, It was like nothing was working. And that's where I started praying, in handcuffs on the side of I-70.
2: I heard a voice deep in my heart, and it said, please don't, please don't do this.
3: I don't want to lose you.
2: I said, God, take my life take this disease.
3: I can't do it.
2: Everything that I thought I was, um, as a husband, as a father, kind of is going away. Even though I knew that God and Jesus were there, I didn't
1: know how to approach them. heart that I had been carrying around for so long completely melt for the first time. Nothing delivers more than the Holy
3: Spirit
1: and his name is healing and his name is power.
3: I don't know what's gonna
2: happen from here on out. come to that compares to the sacrifice that he made for us.
3: In his power and his grace healed me.
0: That's so good. Would you guys stand up with me? Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are here with us in this moment. I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for every single one of us right now, even if we don't know exactly what that is. And I pray, God, that we would begin to start seeing the world that you've put us in right now. Right now where you have us, I pray that we would begin to see that face, to see that person, to see that name that we need to share your love with, that we need to reach out to, that we need to say something to, that we need to serve. And I pray, God, that you help us make heaven more crowded, that's not just a slogan or a poster for us, but it's the way we live. In fact, with everyone's eyes closed, I wanna ask two questions at every single location. The first one is this. Today, you would just say this, God, I'm available. I'm not perfect, I'm flawed, I'm broken, but you've saved me and what you've done for me, I wanna help somebody else find. God, I'm available. If that's you right now, would you just put your hand in the air and we're just gonna pray. We're not trying to build an audience, church. We're building an army. Hands all over the place. The second question is this. No matter where you're watching this from, if you're in this room right now, the truth is you've heard us talking about sharing God's love, but you don't actually know it for yourself. You've seen these testimonies and you watch people getting baptized and talking about how Jesus has changed my life. But the truth is, you know, I need to experience that right now myself. And so today you go, you know what? I'm gonna respond. I can't explain it. I don't know exactly what's happening, but I can feel it in my heart right now. The creator of the universe is calling me into a relationship with him. And right now I need to respond. I need to repent of my sin. I need to ask God to be the Lord of my life. I want to receive forgiveness, and I want to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I just know you're calling me into that relationship right now. This is my moment. Right now, I make that decision. I want to follow Jesus. If that's you, put your hand in the air, and I'm going to say a prayer for you. Praise God. 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 God. Hands all over the place. Keep them up. God behind bars. Raise them up. Brussels, raise them up. You just know it. This is my moment. I choose Jesus. God, I thank you for the eternal lives that are being changed right now. I thank you that heaven is being made more crowded right now. And I pray that as we begin to worship you, that those who just raise their hand, those who re- are responding to you, that they would sense your presence in such a real and authentic way right now. And God, for all of us who said, I'm not perfect, not even close, but I'm available. I pray, God, you would start to create divine appointments in our life, that you would give us a brand new boldness, that you would give us courage, that you would give us the grace to walk in our calling and to take this unbelievable love that you've offered us and help those we care about find the exact same thing in you and through you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Red Rocks Church at all locations, let's worship.